Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Boys and girls, happy 4th of July weekend. Huh? You kidding me? It's a Thursday. 
tomorrow is the nationwide day off of the celebration. Saturday, the day itself. Man, it feels good. It feels good, doesn't it? Hope you are well. Thanks for being with us. It's 2 Tell New One. It's 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. And wherever you are, if you're around on the World Wide Web, you can get us there as well. 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time on the stream. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a shout, Today is your day, man. Give us a shout. Talk to us. We, we open up the, f- the field to you. We got several things to get through. We got a great interview, which we'll get to as well. But if you want to participate today, you're stuck in traffic, all that kind of stuff. Hands-free. Hands-free, boys and girls in the city of Missoula. Okay. But uh, give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. We will take your calls throughout the course of the day. Today, all guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. Today in the show, uh, Coulter uh, received his Big Sky Conference football preseason ranking sheet that he has to fill out as a voting member of the media. Uh, the preseason rankings are going to come out for the Big Sky Conference in about three weeks uh, at the Big Sky Media Days, which will be virtually held this year. Uh, and uh, and so you got to fill that out. So he said, hey, let's sit down and let's do it. We're not putting this together. This isn't going to be your necessarily final official thing. You got some more research to do. But uh, on since this is something that's here to be done, well, let's let's do it. Let's have a little bit of fun. So we will do that. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of NAIA stuff, the new regulations coming down uh, at that level of football. It's interesting to see how the different uh, stratifications of divisions are handling the season, the upcoming season, the preparation for the season, and what are the things that they're being required to do, the things that need to happen in order to, uh, you know, make the season come off. Found an interesting tidbit today. The NFL, we know that they're probably reducing uh, the preseason by two games. They also may well reduce the number of players they have in camp. Normally, it's a 90-player camp. Uh, the discussion is that they're expecting camp to be reduced by between 10 and 15 players to between 75 and 80. But they're expanding, likely, the practice squads for teams. Mm. Uh, and so it's an interesting give and take, especially for a lot of folks out of the FCS, right? Those bubble guys that are trying to make a squad. What does it mean to, you know, not have, uh, uh, you know, the, the full 90, you know, person uh, a roster there or uh, uh, fall camp, spring camp, I guess fall, what is it? Summer camp? Okay, there we are. Uh, but then to have a practice squad that's bigger, and then, you know, who who knows how that goes. Top of the hour, speaking of the NFL, very excited to welcome Mike Person to the show. Mike Person, a nine-year NFL veteran, an All-American out of Montana State. He uh, played in the most recent football game that there was to be played, also known as the Super Bowl, boys and girls. Uh, he just retired 48 hours ago, uh, decided to uh, call it a career after nine seasons, uh, finishing with the team that he started with, which was the San Francisco 49ers. Spent time all the, all over the place, Indy, Seattle, uh, a bunch of other places as, as well uh, in the course of his career. But uh, talk about a guy, talk about perseverance and, uh, and, and making a, a stalwart career in terms of duration and, and uh, contracts and all the things that he earned. Uh, excited to have him on. So there you go. That is our show uh, here today on a Thursday afternoon, the last day before the holiday, before the vacay. It's nice to back up a holiday and a vacation right after each other. You know what I mean? Even like Don King you know, <clears throat> or Floyd Mayweather promoting this thing. It's easy to think that I don't like this This place, is the, the most excited I've this. ever been for a vacation, and it's all because of you. 
I'm glad that we could pump it up. Speaking of, you're out there, you're driving around, you're getting out of town. Now, take care of each other out there. You know, take it easy. The longer you sit in traffic, the longer you get to listen to Coulter and me. So it's good all point. good. But it's hot. Maybe you're getting a little afternoon drowsiness. Maybe you just need a little refresher. Boys and girls, the Florence Coffee Company is where you got to go right now. There's a kiosk nearby you as you sit here listening to us. I went there this afternoon. Coulter got you an iced Americano. Very thoughtful. Your standard. For me today, didn't even go the caffeine route. Huckleberry mm. smoothies, buddy. Mm, Huckleberry. I mean, healthy. the taste of the the taste of the state, right? To is that the most Montana thing? Huckleberries. It's you know we should have a what's the most Montana thing ranking. Yeah, and go through some of some of the stuff. Yeah, Huckleberry is going to be high on the list. Where I mean, I, I don't know. Do Huckleberries grow anywhere else besides Montana they, they and have, like Northern Idaho? Here, here's the thing that I think is funny is that all the things that I would consider to be pretty strictly Montana are also pretty strictly Alaska. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got to believe there's some, I bet there's huckleberries the size of your thumb in, some in Alaska, sort of, At least right? something akin to a huckleberry, certainly. Well, let's ask your brother. He's up there right we now. We should ask. He's He is on, on the pond, however. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not really. He yeah, won't be picking huckleberries uh, up there in Alaska. But in any case, this is, this is fantastic. Very, very tasty. It's, it's the, it's, it's the 4th of July weekend. Get it started off the right way. Go to the Florence Coffee Company. Get yourself a Florence Coffee Company coffee, uh, uh, a tea, an iced tea, or a huckleberry smoothie like I'm enjoying right now, and you will feel very, very good about your state of affairs. I promise you that. Coulter, set it up for us, my man. Well, it's uh, it's crazy because it's only July 2nd, but it is that time of year. Our Big Sky Conference media polls just arrived, were sent out right? yesterday, and yep. they're due next week on the 8th, and then we'll have the Big Sky kickoff virtually here in a couple weeks, like you mentioned. But I, I always think this kind of stuff is, is fun. But as anybody that listens to this show or follows SkylineSportsMT.com, when it comes to the polls, <laughs> I probably take it a little too seriously, but that's only because I just find it really fun, and it's also just an entry point to doing all the research I need to do anyways. So a lot of people just they say, oh, okay, Here's how everybody finished last year. Here's who's got good coaches. Here's who got good quarterbacks. And they just fell out their pole real quick. Because the Big Sky plays an unbalanced schedule, so much of the, where you're going to finish has to do with the games you play and the games you don't play. So I go through and score out every single game and then make my standings based on that. And so I wanted to do just a segment, though. I haven't done that yet. I've not put pencil to paper. I've not dived into this thing whatsoever. I just wanted to do a segment just off the top of your head. What do you think? of just the way the Big Sky is going. And I, th- I it was kind of spurred on because I always find just the, the discourse about this very fun. And uh, because the polls came out yesterday, they, they landed in the media inbox. I got texts from a lot of different colleagues, you know, SIDs and and fellow sports writers around the, the region, around the conference, say, well, what do you think? I mean, where how are you picking the league? And, I, you know, I always tease them. I say, you know, this is a multiple-day exercise for me. Right. But, <laughs> but just off the top of my head, but uh, but then I was thinking to just then I started thinking actually just about the league and I think that the the league this year has an unbelievable dynamic that I don't think that we've actually talked about. We've talked extensively about the uncertain quarterback situations at both Montana and Montana State. I've never seen the league like it is right now, with the exception of Eric Berrier at Eastern Washington. Nobody, th- there's no stability. None. 
with with the departure of Kevin Thompson, the graduation of Case Cookus, it's the, the departure even of of Jake Constantine at Weaver State. So it's, here's yeah. all, here's here's all the guys that are gone. You remember. Dalton Sneed was, in my opinion, one of probably the six or eight best quarterbacks in the country last year. Right. When, before he was hurt. Totally. And even when he was, even after he came back, he's, I mean, he's lights out. I mean, he's a pro. He's, he's playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Pro. He's honorable mention all conference. That's how good the quarterback play of the league was last year. Your first team all league quarterback, Case Cookus, plays for the New York Giants. Your second team all league quarterback, Jake Mayer, I mean, he was a multiple time league MVP at UC Davis. He's gone. You know, Jacob Nip got into an NFL camp at Northern Colorado. Kevin Thompson was the offensive player of the year in the league. He grad transfers to Washington. But then you also had Chris Helbig, who was the starter most of the year at Southern Utah. He grad transferred to Eastern Michigan, of all places. Jake Constantine grad transferred to Towson. Mason Petrino, multi-year starter at Idaho. I know he took a lot of heat, but, I mean, he still had a ton of game experience. He's gone at Idaho. And then, obviously, you have Dalton Sneed. And then, even though Montana State has a guy coming back in Tucker Rovig, who's started a couple games two years ago and all the games last year besides the first couple. All the conference games. All the conference games yeah. and the playoff games. You still have a quarterback competition there. And then the other factor is nine of these schools brought in transfers, most of them from the FBS ranks, too. So, I mean, you got Eric Berrier and Davis Alexander at Portland State, who actually I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. Those are the only two real solidified guys. I mean, Jalen Hamler's been the starter at Cal Poly for a couple years, but he's a triple option quarterback. How's that going to work with Bo Baldwin's offense? Who knows? Matt Strzok was the starter at Idaho State last year. He was outstanding when they were hanging 55 on North Dakota, and then the worst ever. I've never seen a guy throw so many pick sixes. He got the yips, the pick six style of the yips. I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. He threw six pick sixes last year. I've never seen that before in my life. And he did it in like four games. In I mean, fact, he did it in about four quarters. Like when they got routed by Idaho, and Idaho scored three defensive touchdowns, it, it was it was a spectacle like I've never seen before. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Here's my question for you, Coulter. Mm-hmm. It's a question of philosophy to some extent. Sure. I love the way that you do this, you know, in terms of, especially with the unbalanced scenario going through game by game. But also, it's going, it, it has the potential to deliver to you a conference champion that you don't actually believe is the, quote, best team in the right. conference. Right. So how do you, how do you go about assessing what you believe to be the best or the best couple of teams over and against what you think the actual outcome of a schedule where no, where where you play about half the teams in the conference. Well, it's it's been super interesting in the league the last two years too because we've talked about this narrative a lot. When the league first expanded, it made the entire league so wide open. Back in 2012, when they added four teams. Because of the unbalanced schedule, it made a lot of different areas of the league muddled, but it also let a lot of some teams rise up because of some of the unique advantages that they were able to maximize. So you saw Cal Poly share the league title the first year in the league. You saw Southern Utah go on their little run where they won two league titles in three years and made the playoffs three out of four years. 
But now that it's kind of readjusted to the, quote, blue, blue buds of the league, quote-unquote, being the premier teams, now the last two years you've seen the league, the league championship hasn't been of that much consequence. Because if you're finishing third in the big sky, you're still getting the sixth seed in the playoffs. You know, Montana finished fourth in the league last year. They got the seventh seed seven, in the playoffs. Yeah, right. So, yeah, picking who actually is going to win the championship, uh, it's not as big a consequence because winning the league, I mean, if you're in the mix, if you're in that two-loss or one-loss mix, you're going to be absolutely a playoff team and likely get a first-round bye. One thing that I think is worth uh, noting, we talk about the wide-open nature of this league regularly, but once again, 13 teams playing football in the Big Sky Conference uh, last year, North Dakota then you know leaving, but then Idaho coming in, right? So right. Nobody, as we know, went undefeated. Right. Nobody won less than two games. Right. So it is remarkable. Like, in a 13-team league with an unbalanced schedule where you only play, you know, eight conference games right. in a season. Right. The fact that nobody, that, that that there was no team that, that went undefeated, I would, if you were to tell me, okay, just this scenario, not knowing the teams, the conference, anything, I would say, I'll bet two teams go un, go go over. Defeated, right. Not only did that not happen, no team went just with one win. Right. Now, the funny thing is, five teams were two and six. Right. And so the bottom was definitely tiered. No team, by the way, for what it's worth, was four and four. You were either above 500 or below it. That was the that was the separation line. Well, take Idaho State, for example. Idaho State came into the year with, uh, I think they were 26th in the first preseason poll, right outside the top 25. Right. They had one of the most talented offenses in the league. I mean, the, the two best pair, the pair of receivers that had the most accolades coming into last year were not Samari Torre and Sammy Kim. It was Mitch Guller and Mikey Dean. And, you know, they, they still had Ty Flanagan, the great running back. They had a good offensive line. And then the conference opener, they go hang 41 points on Portland State in the first half, hang 55 on them. Two weeks later, they hang 55 on North Dakota. They're 2-1 and one in the league. You're like, wow, Idaho State. They come to Missoula. They get destroyed on homecoming, and it's all downhill from there. They never... Robbie Hauk, Robbie Hauk's backside hit on Matt Struck. He Matt Struck was never the same. He was never the same for the whole rest of the year. But that shows you how at one point you could be really good and at another point you couldn't. And th- I mean, think about Portland State. They go to Pocatello and get destroyed. And then by the end of the year, they were actually playing like a top half of the league team. They ended up winning, I think, four, maybe even five league games. So navigating the, the season is is so interesting. Would you say that Hauk struck struck? <laughs> All day long, man. I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, you're you just know? you're on fire. Two Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay, did I? I don't think I even shut up in time to let you answer the question. Straight up, if if you got teams that could be teams that you believe to be better than right. teams that you believe will win the conference because of the scheduling, though, is that correct? Right. And I, and so then, I mean, like a couple years ago, for example, Montana State had that brutal schedule where they had to play all the the top teams. But then, like last year, the Cats got to dodge several of the top teams. They didn't have to play Weber State. They didn't have to play Eastern Washington. So just just spitballing off the top of my head, here's a couple things that I think are pretty solidified no matter how what I put pencil to paper in. Okay. For a long time, this has been a quarterback league, and traditionally you pick the team with the best returning quarterback to win the league in the preseason poll. I'm not picking Eastern Washington to win the league. 
I think that Eric Berry is a great player. I think they misused him a lot last year. I mean, you can look at the stats. To me, the stats are empty. I mean, they led the country in total offense last year. He had a 28-4 to touchdown to interception ratio. But they never got him outside the pocket and let him do what he does best, which is run the RPO and get on the perimeter and use his legs. They relegated him to be a pocket passer, and he completed a high percentage of his passes, and they gained a bunch of yards, but they didn't make the playoffs, so who cares? And, I mean, the only time I got to see him up close and in person was against Montana, and I thought Montana dominated that game from start to finish. I mean, with Cam Humphrey at the helm, Montana played some ball control stuff, but they out-toughed Eastern Washington. I mean, they they played a, a more physical brand of football. So that's one narrative that I, I'm not buying into this year. The top quarterback returning does not necessarily mean inside track to lead championship. Because there's so much uncertainty and so many new faces at quarterback in the league, the other thing that I'm just not going to rest on anymore is twofold. One, the quality of the coach that he got at the helm and the momentum he's been able to create within the scope of your program. And I think that the three teams that have the most momentum because of the coach that they have at the helm are Weber State with Jay Hill, Montana with Bobby Houck, Montana State with Jeff Choate. So you, but you said you're not going to rest on that, or you are? No, I am going. Oh, I am okay. resting yeah. on that for yeah. sure. Yeah. And the last one I'm going to rest on is that Weber State is the least sexy team in the country, even less sexy than North Dakota State, because North Dakota State always has an NFL prospect at quarterback, and they have this mystique and this allure because of all the winning. Weber State never thrills you because their offense is just vanilla. They're intent and satisfied to be 10th or 11th in the league in every offensive category. Don't care because they're just going to beat you up on defense. They're going to destroy you on special teams. And so every year, I always vote Weber State one or two. The last three years, I voted Weber State one or two in the polls. Guess what? Weber State is the three time defending Big Sky Conference champions. Mm -hmm. We get in arguments with the Big Sky kickoff every year. Everybody's like, why are you voting Weber? Weber's overrated. Weber doesn't have a quarterback. It doesn't matter. They made it to the semifinals last year without having a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That Jay Hill has the program rolling. They reload. It doesn't matter who they lose. Two years ago, they lost two NFL D linemen. What happened this year, this last year? Two more NFL D linemen. That, that's just where they're at. And so if you were to ask me to just spitball and who am I going to pick to win the league, I'm picking Weber State because they got Randall Johnson, who by all accounts is not the game manager Jake Constantine is. He's not Caden Jenks. He's not even Stephen Cantwell. He's a much more athletic, big, strong, and explosive version of – not even version. He is a, he's a really good player. He's a transfer from Middle Tennessee State. He, uh, he's got a lot of accolades. I mean, he went to Reed Lee College, which is a junior college. In junior college, he threw for 2,800 yards and 28 touchdowns and also rushed for 800 yards and 14 more touchdowns. He's the Gold West Conference Offensive Player of the Year, which that's a great junior college league. If Weber State takes the next step with their quarterback, I have full confidence in everything else that they got because I think Jay Hill's that good. Uh, you and I both think very highly of Jay Hill. Uh, last year, when they came to Missoula, got pounded as Destroyed. The, the number three team, and they didn't just lose on the scoreboard. I mean, they were embarrassed and out physical, which doesn't happen to Weber State very totally. often. Totally. And it was It was also a product of, of the shock up to confidence when some of your best players get hurt. No I doubt. Mean, Dante Olson lit Josh Davis up on the very first play of the game. He's out. That's your all American. That is your offense. He's out. You know, David Ames got hurt, the tight end got hurt. I mean, they had multiple guys go down, but no excuses. Montana was the one putting those guys on the sideline. In in, in instances that is the case. 
any coach will say the right thing in a situation like that, which if you'll recall was one week before the start of the postseason. And that is, you know, we'd, we hope that we get to see these guys again, whatever, whatever. Jay Hill was, was dreaming totally about the, the rematch and planted that seed. I mean, before they even before, after the, after the, uh, uh, polls came out or excuse me the the, the postseason bracket came out i don't know who they played in the first round and jay hill didn't care he goes two weeks we got the grizzlies i mean yeah he said let's it in, go in the interview and, exactly and so well it's like it's like he said on this show as well earlier this spring he said that you can talk about games being played on paper who's got better personnel all that stuff mm-hmm. but at the end of the day your kids got to go perform and he said in missoula no excuses they played great they whipped our butts, but that was the worst game this program has played in three years, yeah. and we 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 had to get another shot. And I guess, but the point is, too, when you see a team like Montana play at their at their peak, which yes. they did against Weber, you can say you want them again, but I think that in their heart of hearts, there's a lot of coaches and, frankly, a lot of players who would say, we don't really want them again. Right. Not Weber State, not Jay Hill. They want everybody, and and I think that's the mentality that you have to have, and you have to have it honestly. It can't just be, well, that's because what you do as a football team is you line it up and you go play. You you have to believe that the other team has no idea what you have in store for them in every facet every week, and and his is a program that demonstrates that. I mean, the the roller coaster of analysis during November last year was so interesting because. Yeah, I mean, you'll get my back on this. Going into the Weber State game, I was sitting there on the pregame show saying, I can smell it in the air. Montana's going to kill Weber yep, State. You did. I, I could tell. Go to the tape. Because I went, I, I mean, I went to practice all week. You could see it, you know? Yep. It's like Kane Ion says, when guys have slits in their eyes, you know they're hyper-focused. You yeah. could see it in the way they were practicing. And then they went out and executed it, and they destroyed Weber State. But it was such a shocking roller coaster of our own analysis because then the Grizzlies the next week go to Bozeman and get destroyed. I mean, get, get stomped. It's, it's the and so exact- then we're sitting there thinking, is Montana State the best team in the country? Right. Like, if Montana can dismantle the number three team in the league and then the next, the number three team in the country, the next week turn around and lose 48-14, how good are the Cats? Right. But also it just shows you the way that you can have letdowns. I mean, is the last home game for Montana, uh, regular season home game mm-hmm. against Weber State, so they're up for it. I mean, Weber was not prepared for the RTD of Bobby Houck. Like, those yeah. guys had not faced Washington – played in Washington Grizzly Stadium when it was like that. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you the the various factors, but also it just comes down to performing well as well. But also, though, I mean, and we give we give Weber State a ton of credit. They played a they played a, a great game, particularly defensively against Montana in that playoff game. You ask any Montana football player, coach, etc., they think that that game is theirs all day long. They think they outplayed Weber State in every way. Dalton had a bad game. I mean, he just right. flat out. There's no. There's no way to sugarcoat it. He. He. It was. It was an unfortunate day to have one of your worst games as a college football player, and he. And he had that. Uh, that's the way it goes. And then obviously one. You know, one bad play on special teams, and that's that's the difference maker right there. Um. So even with getting up to play the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were ready to go in that football game and certainly think that they have good reason to believe that they, you know, that they that they had a, they should have been in the final four as well, right? So let me ask you this. So okay. so I obviously have not been down to Ogden to watch spring football, but by all accounts, I mean our guy Brett Hine, who's a friend of the show, 
He he says that the returns on Randall Johnson are very good. And as we know, last year we were state. They actually had great offensive personnel around Jake Constantine. I wasn't surprised when he left because Jay Hill has been so hard on him. And I just I don't think he was the guy to get him over the top. But as we know, you know they do lose some guys on the D line, but they have everybody back in the secondary, everybody back in linebackers. Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid is the best returner in the country. So you're on the same page as B. Weaver State's inside track to a playoffs at least, right? The, the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, co- right. book it. Right. Book, book it. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're inside track to the conference championship, yeah. oh, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play- Here's the thing. It's so much harder, so very much harder to win a Big Sky Conference title than to go to the playoffs. No doubt. I mean, the playoffs... The playoffs are are are. I'm not going to say it's a low bar, but at the FCS level, like all you have to be is good to well, be and, in the playoffs. In the, you don't have to be better than that. Well, and in the in the Big Sky, all you got to be is somewhere around the top five. I mean, we could see a, yeah. a, a year where a fifth team gets in, but at least four, and a fourth can get you a seed. Okay, but so despite the loss of Dante Olson, despite the loss of Dalton Sneed, you agree that Montana has an inside track on one of those top four spots as well, right? 100%. And despite the uh, presumptive loss of Troy Anderson, despite the uh, loss of guys like Bryce Sturk and Derek Marks, Braden Conkle, you think Montana State is there as well? Yes, I do. I agree. So there's three, and those are the big three, and I think Mm -hmm. that those three deserve it. Fourth, though, Sac State... No more Kevin Thompson. They lose some studs, including Giorgio being on defense. Eastern Washington. Just to analyze the overall trajectory of the program, it has not been great since the peak of year two under Aaron Best. I, I don't really know what to think of Eastern. Cal Poly, who knows where they're going to be at with a new head coach. Idaho, I mean, is the albatross of Coach Petrino's son not playing quarterback going to be something that actually helps Idaho? Where are we at, though, with the rest of the league? I mean, who, who in your mind is the front runner for that fourth spot? Well, it's a great question. I was going to ask this exact same question in another way, which is every single year there's one team that is so much better than you ever thought that they were going to be, and who's yeah. that team going to be this yeah. year is the nature of that question. I, I know I know the answer to that question. Well, Port- then you know the answer to the question you're asking me. Then. Portland State is my team that's going to be a lot better than yeah, people I mean, think. I, I, I agree, and it, it, I don't think it's crazy to think that Portland State could be that fourth team. I think they got the. I think they have the second best returning quarterback in the league in Davis Alexander. I think he's tough as nails it's because he's one of two returning <laughs> quarterbacks in the league. Well, you got to give Tucker Rovick a little bit of, well, of course, credit there. Of but, course, I'm but, playing. But uh, I mean, here's the thing. But but also, Portland State has good. They're good on the lines, and they got a bunch of running backs. And like Barney has done a good job. Bruce Barnum's done a good job recruiting. You you give me Bo Baldwin at Cal Poly, you give mm-hmm. me Ed McCaffrey at Northern Colorado, and I go, well, yeah. I mean, I, I I think those two guys are probably got it all day long at the places that they are, but not this season, not not this year when you're changing an entire offense and you're a brand new, you know, you're you're a brand new football coach at col- at the college college level for Ed McCaffrey, uh, and you're doing it sight unseen because of everything that's been going on. Right. So I just think the task of trying to overhaul a program is just, it's a massive one anyway. It's usually a multi-year deal anyway. And now all of a sudden, um, you know, I don't think it's possible. Here's the one team that I think it could could really jump up and scare some teams and mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden actually be a lot better than people think. as Northern Arizona. Hmm. Chris, Interesting. 
they were we we thought they could be pretty good last year with Case Cookus playing his eleventh season of college football or whatever right. it was, and, and a great football player, and they were a disaster. I mean, they, they, they couldn't have been worse on defense, man. Couldn't have been worse. And Chris Ball comes in as the defensive coordinator out of Memphis. Harold did for that side of the ball. I mean, they, they, they were up three touchdowns in Bozeman in the second half. And Montana State came all the way back without throwing the ball. Montana State ran the ball 26 times to come all the way back and beat them. Then the next week, NAU goes out and gives up 308 rushing yards to one guy, to Josh Davis. It's completely embarrassing, man. It's, it's embarrassing what Northern Arizona was last year. Why do I pick? And by the way, I'm not sitting here, you know, I'm not opening up an offshore account to ride it on the lumberjacks. Sure. Okay. But if you dig a little deeper and you start to, if, if you want to, if you want to paint the sunny picture for Northern Arizona, it's this Chris Bull, when he got there, ultimately decided that what needed to happen was a change of culture, perhaps not entirely different from what has happened and is happening at the university of Montana. And but it's a whole, totally different deal when the guy whose culture it is has been in place since the 90s. Yes. A very difficult thing to do. But he had he had departures. He had guys quit midseason. He Multiple had a, starters. A bunch of guys uh, completely injured. I mean, their, their best defensive player, Jalen Gross, left the team the week so, before conference play started. Like, it, it just ain't going to happen. And... Now that it could be a bad sign when you say, well, maybe Chris Ball just has no idea like how to ingratiate himself with a bunch of players. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe it was the purge that he felt was necessary in order to get this team to where they should go. Now, if, if it is that level of a purge, probably this ain't the year also where they're all of a sudden gonna bounce back. But if all of a sudden he's able to put his stamp on something and there's a level of toughness into that, like you said, in a league where there's no very little quarterback stability. Right. There's a lot of open questions to be answered, and a lot of what's going to get this done is A, defense, and B, something like desire, something like energy, the toughness that you, week in and week out you have to have. And if he's able to cultivate that after overhauling everything that happened, I think you could see a swing. So there would be a dark horse for me to keep an eye on. On the quarterback note, Keandre Wolte is their Oklahoma State transfer. That's one of the bigger transfers in the league in terms of they're really going to rely on him. Right. Because they basically recruited him to re- to replace a sixth-year starter. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. At the end of the day... The, the other Wildcats, Bobcats, and Grizzlies, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, what we the, got. Other, the other guy, I, I think the NAU and Cal Poly are the two teams that it hinges on their quarterbacks that they brought in because Bo Baldwin's going to need a dude to run his system. But Bo Baldwin brought in Hunter Rackett, who was uh, one of the best junior college quarterbacks in the state of California last year. He was a guy that I think Baldwin had the inside track on to go to Cal and they convinced him to come build it around him. If you'd believe that a quarterback is. That at this level you can build around a quarterback, and look what Sac State did last year—they built it around a quarterback, and they won their first title, league title in school history. Yeah. But if what the Oklahoma State transfer at NAU or Racket, the uh, junior college transfer at Cal Poly, if those guys just go off, those teams could okay. be like a five and three in league and be that fourth team. The other thing, the team that dropped out of all of this is Sacramento State because of Kevin Thompson's departure, and it's a huge loss. Don't sure, kid yourself. Sure, sure. But, but, but who does Troy at, Taylor have right in the wings? Because you know he has a good high school guy. Well, and the other thing is just look at what Troy Taylor did. Like, it wasn't right. just Kevin Thompson. 100%. It was the scheme. It was everything. Well, and he and, did a great job. He's, he has huge credentials outside of Division One college football, played in the league. So... I mean, it, it certainly could be Sacramento State still just because Kevin Thompson left. You know, everybody goes, well, that's that for Sacramento State. Well, no, 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 it's not. And I mean, you, you have to believe that 
Troy Taylor has a stud California freshman somewhere stashed, oh, right? right yeah yeah he I knows mean, everybody but he also he also they had returned 10 starters on offense besides kevin thompson that was That's why right. they were going to be so scared yes. they had everybody back they still got elijah dotson they still got pierre williams they got some of the best school guys in the league i hope kevin thompson starts at washington man it's because be so disappointing if, he if he doesn't, doesn't start at washington what 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 a disappointing thing for totally. forever football man that i mean because he could have come and won the Peyton this year. totally it's two tell new one is one of two ninety espn radio Boys and girls, it's a long weekend, and we mean that in a good sense. You want to fill up some time, looking for something to do, go to Canyon River Golf Club over there in East Missoula. Canyon River is spectacular. Coulter and I, we've spent a little time out there at Canyon, and we can say firsthand, it's in as good a shape as I've seen. I mean, it's always in great shape, but it is perfect. Greens, right greens are rolling better than anywhere, uh, any time I've ever played there. I've been playing there since, uh, you know, even my first stint in Missoula when yeah. it first opened more than a decade ago. And it's the best the greens have ever been. They're rolling beautifully. The course is in immaculate shape. It's, it's an awesome course. If you go online, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com, you can book tee times online. You can also save money booking tee times online. They got some hot deals on there. You can see all the tee times that are available, the causes, the price, the cost, the prices, etc. You get on there, uh, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com, you book today. But go out and enjoy around in East Missoula along the Clark Fork River. I guess is it the Blackfoot that's rolling through there? I got to do my. I got to look back. No, it's the Clark Fork. They converged prior to East to uh, to to Canyon River. Okay, good. Now we got our water in order. The mountains, beautiful sunshine. It's a long weekend, like I said. Celebrate and enjoy a little space. Some fun, a challenge, and one of the most beautiful golf courses that Montana has to offer. Canyon River, online at CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. I just recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Yeah, and you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Happy 4th of July. Almost. Weekend, celebration, all that. Hi, people. Sweet GTO out there. That's what I'm looking at. Far out, man. Are you a car guy? Are you into cars? Have you seen my cars? <laughs> Doesn't mean you couldn't be into them. 
At Gus Tutel on Twitter, you will see no pictures of cars there at 1029 ESPN and Ask On Sports MT. If you are uh, looking for us, you can go check us out on all of the social medias. We will be happy to uh, hang out with you there. We appreciate that very much. Tutel and Nuanas, how are you? Hope you're well. If you're in your cars, just be patient. It's okay. It's all good. Sometimes you just got to woo-saw it a little bit. You know what I mean? Just let it go. Uh, Coulter, here's... uh, Here's something I found today that I think is is interesting I wanted to discuss with you. In an effort to combat, of course, the spread of the coronavirus, NFL teams reportedly are likely to bring in fewer than 90 players to training camp. The number that is being floated out there is somewhere between 75 and 80, so a reduction of 10 to 15 players. Now, It used to be 90, and then you would cut down to like 75, and then you would do a final cut to the 53-man roster. Now it's 90 all the way through if you wanted, and then you just cut it at the end. It's only been 90, though, for about 10 years because it was 75. Like, that was the initial. To start with, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must say, to have almost double the number of players that you can actually have there, I mean, it, it just... I guess I understand to some extent why you would do that for depth at every position and to see multiple guys at every position. It's but also to take reps off of your franchise guys too. Sure, and that, and that's fine. But like, I mean, there's 30 guys that are walking in there that that have a well under one percent chance of making the team, and teams kind of know that by and large. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks or you're a fan of Hard Knocks, you realize I mean, there's guys that have such good camps. That just they really just don't have a chance. Like last year with the Raiders, Keelan Doss from UC Davis, he was a featured star on that show. I mean, granted, he's from Alameda, California, right up the street from Oakland. Yeah. So there was a good like you know hometown feel there, and he caught a touchdown in you know the Alameda Stadium when they played in his home like his actual hometown. So I mean, it was kind of low hanging fruit that they would follow him around. But also, I mean, there was all sorts of clips of John Gruden, you know. Giving him the data boy and saying, keep doing what you're doing. We really like you. I like Keelan Dawes. Loves him. Yeah, yeah. And then he was just he was just cut promptly. What'd you think about my Gruden? Uh, you know, it was, it was uh, a little low. It, it was, yeah. 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 You got yeah, I got to I got a little more of the twinge. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that you could perform so well and re- like if you were undrafted, it's so hard to make a team. Yeah. The thing, though, here is the thing. The way you make a team is by competing, not surprisingly, sure. with that team where all of a sudden coaches go, oh, okay, because com- it, it's compared to everybody else, right? Like you can't just, yeah. it's not film A and film B and sure. we look at the film and decide who's better. It's two guys standing up next to each other and and guy A is consistently worse than guy B and guy B makes it. And right. you so can't see that unless you're there. And so right. to, be, to have... A whole bunch of guys that aren't there that aren't there. Right. That is that to me is is you know it's a killer for there are some guys whose NFL careers will have never gotten started that would have had a career because of this. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, and and so much of it's proven it. Like the Keelan Doss scenario is a good one to analyze because like the Raiders they drafted Hunter Renfro, right? Yeah. If if Keelan Doss got the exact same snaps Hunter Renfro got last year in real NFL games, he probably would have had the same stats. But you keep Hunter Renfro because you drafted him and because he's from Clemson and he's got a lot more brand name recognition and all those little things. But neither of those guys play special teams. Hunter Renfro can play him a little better, though, if you have to have him. But that's where guys are going to miss out, too, is the chance to be in number 75 through number 90. 
but then making a coach's head turn because you lit somebody up on a kickoff. Yeah. That's how these bottom of the roster guys make teams. It's always about special teams. Here's the flip side of this, though. The NFL is also considering expanding practice squads to 16 to 20 players per team in the event of a coronavirus spike so that there's players that are on board already that can that can come and fill in if need yeah, be. Yeah. Huge misnomer among NFL fans, I think. I think that NFL fans, when they think they think practice squad, they think of like a scout team, and it's like a full roster. It's like eight dudes, right? No NFL team carries more than seven guys on their practice yeah. squad, and it's more like five. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 so very few. So here's my question for you. If you are a, a fringe, a bubble FCS guy, a Dante Olsen trying to make the Philadelphia Eagles, Bryce Sterk, Tampa, trying to learn how to play tight end. Miami. Travis Johnson's in Tampa. My mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's Florida. It's a long ways away. You can't <laughs> expect me to know all the names. Point being, is this a net win or a net loss? You don't have the numbers at camp in the first place, but you have a hugely expanded, I mean, to the tune of maybe triple or even potentially quadruple the number of players on the practice squad that a team could have. If you can make it on a practice squad, first of all, you've really done something to make sure. a practice squad in general. But sure. if you can be there and keep hanging around after everybody else has been let go, you know, first of all, you're a professional. You make it. You are making a living playing sure. the sport that you want to you want to play in the NFL. So what what's the what's the give and take here to you? It's it's bad because it's going to be impossible to make the practice squad if you're not in the camp. Here's the key. so so even if, say they bring seventy five. And they're going to cut 22, but they can keep 20. They're probably going to just keep the guys that they cut, right? If you're not there, they're not going to just sign you to the practice squad when you haven't been in camp. So yeah. you got to get in that 75 somehow. And I don't know how you do that without OTAs and mini camps and the things that lead up to training camp. The only way, uh, first of all, I, I tend to agree with you. But the point is, is if you are in the camp, Mm-hmm. You just went from a huge long shot to make the, make the team in some respect right. to almost expected to make right. the team in right. some respect. Right. You right. know, totally. If they're only gonna if if there's only gonna be say five guys in all of camp that aren't in some way gonna be affiliated, whether it's active roster or or practice squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you got a real shot at being there, and so you know that that I would think would be a boost of some sort. Um, you know, and 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 also it's worth noting if you in fact you know are on that practice squad, I I'm with you though. How do you make how do you make the what is sort of an initial blind cut from right. ninety to seventy five because they've already signed all their priority free agents. Right. I don't. I assume that all the teams right now are at ninety guys after the draft and after the free agent signees that they're, uh, you know, yeah. maybe fluctuating a couple here or there, but roughly they're at 90. And so some at some point, they're going to have to, if this happens, they're going to go, well, sorry, things changed, you know, and that's and that's just what it's going to be. And I, I don't know what's going to, you know, what will happen at that point. The, the putting together the puzzle of – the, the non-starters and or key backups for an NFL roster, it's so fascinating. It's it, it has to be maddening. And I can't wait to talk to Mike Person about this in about 15 minutes because sometimes it actually really has nothing to do with your performance. It just has to do with – every when you talk about a 53-man active roster, you're going to have 
your 22 starters plus your specialists. So there's tw- there's 25 guys, call it. Because a lot of times, a lot of teams carry just a, like a long snapper specialist too. And so then you have essentially, and then you have 22 backups. So now there's your 47 guys. So you have six spots. Which six do they choose to build the puzzle out of? Mm. And a lot of times a team might, depending on what they run on offense, for example, they might choose to keep just five receivers or they might choose to keep eight. They might choose to keep eight offensive linemen or maybe just seven. And you never know how it's going to fit. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you. I mean, I talked to Thatcher Slay about this extensively, former University of Montana offensive guard. And he said he got cut three different times. And every single time, both the GM, the head coach, and the offensive line coach said, if it was up to me, we would keep you. But there's one missing element here where we just don't, we have to take a back, a guy that's a receiver who could be a backup kick returner. We can't take a third guard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just works out like that. But then other times you can hit it and then you get in. And then, and then like you're Mike person and you're like the last day on the taxi squad you could have ever had. And then you get on the active roster and then you get a shot and then you get film. And then all of a sudden you went from your last week on a practice squad to playing in the Super Bowl six years later. Stu Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. As Coulter mentioned, Mike Person, former, uh, now former NFL football player, retired earlier this week after a nine-season career in the league. Uh, All-American uh, out of Montana State going to join us at the top of the hour. Next, though, a couple of updates for you out of the NAIA ranks, how they're going to try and govern on a national level as it pertains to sports in the fall. Some of the things they're doing, we will detail that and see if maybe some of the other divisions can learn something from the NAIA. Boys and girls, it's the 4th of July. You want to get outside this weekend, certainly. Maybe you want to get away a little bit off-road. Maybe you want to get on the water. Whatever you want to do, here's what you need to do. You need to go to Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Now that it's warm, now that it's the weekend, now that it's the holiday, get a dirt bike, maybe a side-by-side, maybe a pontoon boat. They got all of them. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, all top of the line. They're Polaris side-by-sides, the General, the Ranger, the Razor. They can have fun. They can get work done. They can tow things for you. They can go fast if you need them to, and they can get you anywhere. And also, on the lake. Are you kidding me? This is one I vote for. Give me a Crest pontoon boat. I'm into this. A life of leisure. It's what I'm about. I'm not ashamed to say that, and I would love to have a Crest pontoon boat from Kurtz. Again, go online. You can go to KurtzPolaris.com, see everything that they have in stock. Great deals, great values, and all top of the line all the time. Some are the way you always envision with Kurtz Polaris online. KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Go 
filter asks me if I'm in a good mood. Are you in a good mood, Gus? Man, I'm in a good mood. What a beautiful day out there. Great day. It's so crazy that it's July 2nd and we have had like really only one week in the last three months of any sort of really hot weather. Yeah, we had that one week in 90s or whatever. And How? You think Flathead Lake's going to be a little chilly to dip in this? We were this, talking this about fourth? that. Yeah, we were talking about that. Might get hypothermia jumping in the lake. My kids, man, that's all they want to do is jump in the Did lake. Did they do it? Oh, yeah. They they've go already been swimming. Oh, they're, they're good. They went in June. And uh, no, they weren't good. Oh, they were chattering afterwards? Zoe uh, 5 lives to be in the water, wants to swim all uh-huh, the time. Uh-huh. Got in the lake. Fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it, and then just finally was just frozen and got out. And she was crying, not because she was cold, but because she was mad that it was cold. Mm. All I want to do is swim, and now I mm. physically can't do it because it's cold. Dad, do something. <laughs> you know, I should be flattered by the level of power that she believes me to have. No question. You know? Kai can't I, swim, can he? he I don't can, think so. He can float. He can float. Oh, he goes out in his little deal, and he's he's... Yeah, with his life jacket on, he'll he'll go solo. It's a nice thing about a lake, man. You don't have the tide. Have I told you this about me? Yeah. What? That I love lakes. Love them. Yeah. I hate the ocean. Yeah, I do. I do sort of too. I can't stand sand. I don't like the salt. I realize there are lakes that are made of salt water too. Yes. Okay. I do yeah. understand. I don't like the tides. I just, you know, I like looking at them. I am inspired with awe when I stare out there into the infinite abyss and imagine just how many gallons, and probably that's not the right, you know, unit of measure that we should use anymore to talk about how much water there is in the oceans. It's amazing. I just don't, it's not It's not for me. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, I love swimming, but I have a hard time swimming because I'm so blind in my contacts. And... You're supposed to have your eyes shut. Anyways. Well, I, I understand, but like when you're swimming with your head above the water, like lake water getting in your eyes and river water getting in your eyes doesn't hurt. Chlorine getting in your eyes when you're in a pool or salt water getting in your eyes, it does hurt. Yeah, and then it's know. underneath your contacts, and so I'm not a big ocean guy either. Yeah, it's not not for me. Now, snorkeling, mm. I'm into that. Mm. I've I got, done, I got I've a had, sea urchin stuck in my hand. I already snorkeling. told you my snorkeling story, right? I went snorkeling. <laughs> I went snorkeling. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a landlocker, man. I'm from Montana. I don't spend a lot of time looking at the, uh, you know, the, the, the treasures under the water. You have this amazing sensation of flight. You're, you know, it's the water's the right temperature. You're flowing over. And I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in the South Pacific. It's just, just amazing, right? Yeah. Watching these tropical fish and the coral and the whole thing and the waves in the meantime are kind of doing in and out and so on and so forth and i'm watching this fish go over here and this fish go over there and one kind of go you know and i'm kind of looking back a little bit like the you know back towards the way that i came and all of a sudden i looked down and i you know what i saw nothing right off the shelf oh no where was this just it was in vanuatu it was just the it was it was the infinite darkness of the black bottomless ocean. See, so like deep and, water like and that. Scary. That oh, bring on Michael Phelps. He had no shot against me that day. <laughs> I was in I was in hyperdrive back oh, man. to lay. I came up real quick and looked, and I was like, "Well, how did I get here? I'm a hundred, you know, a long ways out." 
I have fins on, so I guess, you know, so sure. I wasn't in danger, I don't think. I mean, what do I know? I'm a dope. I'm probably the guy who gets sucked out and they got to send the chopper. Anyway, we didn't get to the NAIA stuff. Mike Person next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 